BYUSN, the best and worst case scenarios for BYU football in year one of the Big 12 and why one national writer is saying BYU's ceiling is potentially the Big 12 championship game. Wow. Plus, now that BYU is officially in the Big 12 conference and a Power 5 team, what should be item number one on BYU's Power 5 to-do list? Oh, these are loaded questions. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, July 5th. Hope everyone had a happy and safe July 4th. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who has, well, he's, he's overcome the fireworks fatigue, Blaine Fowler. Maybe not. No. <laughs> I have to admit, I bailed last night. No fireworks last night? No, well, all around my house. Sure, sure. I got, I, I got in bed, and I was like, I need earplugs right now, because they were still going off. But the whole family, we had a big party yesterday. The whole family went out to Lehigh to Thanksgiving Point to, to that, that big fireworks thing there. And I just said, guys, I'm, I'm out. I'm exhausted. Too many 1 o'clock in the morning, you know. And we have a production meeting at 7 o'clock for this show. we got to do a show. We've got, we got serious business going on. Yes. And so I'm going to go to bed. But going to bed wasn't as easy as it sounded because there were fireworks everywhere. <laughs> like, And I'm certain 90% of them are illegal. So it, it's... This is the day and age that we live in. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a party pooper. I usually am not. I had enough fireworks because of all the Big 12 stuff and Saturday night with the Stadium of Fire and all that. So I bailed last and night. Now, but, but the fourth was awesome and sure. the food was awesome. So, so, so it's it all good. Is. My it's good friend good. Steven Nelson, who worked at Major League Baseball Network, um, he was an intern at my station in Palm Springs. He's now calling games for the Dodgers, okay? Yeah. Yeah, he's with Joe Davis. Yeah. So it's Joe Davis and my buddy Steven Nelson. That's awesome. Um, he is a father of young children. And he, he said, anybody that sets off a firework before July 4th, after 11 p.m., there should be a statute in a law that says <laughs> you get punched in the face by law enforcement. That's, that's, a good, that's, that's a good penalty. Well, hey, I'll tell you, even though I didn't go last night, it's all, it should pay off because we got a great show today. Oh we talked gosh, about the show yes. a little bit yesterday. Yes. We had our production meeting early this morning. So on today's show, we got lots of good stuff for you. BYU's now Power 5 program. What are the most important upgrades BYU needs to make? What are your realistic best and worst case scenarios for BYU's football's first year in the Big 12? Hey, former BYU and NFL defensive lineman Bronson Kafusi is going to join the program, and he's going to talk about those very topics yes. with us here on the program. And who is BYU's most underrated defensive player? We'll tell you who our picks are yeah. on that one. Pro Football Focus had their say as well. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending, presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Item number one on BYU's Power 5 to-do list. Of course, the Cougars are now officially in the Big 12, so we can turn the page and start to order those agenda items. So what is at the top of your list for BYU's Power 5 to-do list right now, Blaine? Well, I think in... In a couple of sports especially, and I'm, I'm going to focus on football and basketball here for a minute, mostly football because that's the next big season, updating of the whole process around recruiting mm. has to happen. 
for BYU to be able to compete in that league. Now, some sports are in great shape. For instance, does women's soccer need to do anything different than they're doing right now? No, they do not. They enter large. They, they'll probably be picked to win the conference. Right. Uh, cross country. We had Dil Jeet on the show the other day. No, cross country doesn't need to do anything different. Men's track and field doesn't. Maybe a few tweaks here and there. But, but when it comes to football and basketball, and, and women's basketball as well, I feel like the talent level and depth has got to be continually upgraded and analyzed. And so all the processes around recruiting have to be improved. Yeah. How do you do this, though? How do you do it? Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple of things. First, you know, you have to have people and resources to evaluate talent. So you have to have the right people and the right number of people to be constantly with their ear to the ground about where this talent is and where the right fits for BYU are. As you're recruiting folks, the process of bringing them on campus, interacting with them via social media, via text, via email, voice to voice on the phone, has to be unbelievably tailored to the specifics of, of those individual players. Recruiting is so individualized these days, yes. and, it, and it takes a, a tremendous group effort to do all the research necessary to know what matters. Like if you're a big-time recruit, Spencer, what matters most to you? Are you... Are you a kid that when he comes on campus um, says, you know what I really want to do? I live in a far off place and I don't have access, but I'm an LDS kid. I would really love to go to the temple when I come to BYU. That, what, one kid might want to go have a couple of teammates, sure. players, potential teammates, take him to the temple. Another might want to say, well, is it a fun place? Do they have parties? What kind of parties do they have there? That kid might want to go to a good, wholesome BYU party and see that kids can have fun and still still stay close to that honor code. And, and that might be important for that one. Another it might be education is the biggest thing for my family. And this is what I'm thinking about what I want to major in. It might be sitting down with professors. Sure, take them to the law school and the Marriott Business School. Of, so it's a combination of things. But, but I think recruiting is an art. And I think it takes tremendous resources that BYU maybe hasn't had in the past. Okay. Um, and then I think, so that's my 1A. And my 1B is facilities mm. are hugely important. And we're going to ask Bronson Kafusi about this, this on the show today. When you go on a recruiting visit and you walk around, what's important to you? Yeah, if you're a new recruit right now, like right now, what do you want to see? Yeah, what is it, what's, what's the most important part of the facilities? Because you compare. You come on the visit here, and now BYU is going to recruit against guys that are going to go to Oregon or go to UCLA or go to Colorado or, or Arizona State or Texas, and you want you want that player, um, and they come out and they're going to they're immediately comparing what did they show me at Texas compared to the facilities here? Is this a big time program or not? You know, and Tom Homo addressed that uh, a Saturday as part of his big media availability at the Big Twelve um, uh, celebration, and, and he said this about facilities. He says, if you look at the Marriott Center uh, that was built in 1971, oh, by the way, we have people come in here and think that it was built five or 10 years ago because they've done such a good job of keeping it great. All the little upgrades and tweaks to that Marriott Center make it seem relevant. It's a great venue. The football stadium, we have a huge advantage. It's a great place to play, but that's a stadium that needs some work. It's dated. It needs hospitality suites. It, it needs to, to be upgraded and brought into this generation where you it just can be luxurious in certain parts of the stadium, not to mention the seating for all of the 63,000 fans could use a significant upgrade as well. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's not only for your fans, it's for visiting fans to come in and visiting teams to come in. 
You know what? There's something to be said when a visiting team walks into your stadium and they go, oh, wow, this place is big time. In the back of their minds, they're not saying this, but they're like, this is a big time program. We're playing a big time team. Um, the visiting fans are going, whoa, look, look at this facility. Look at this stadium. Look at the yeah. way they treat you. And it's also the stadium experience, right? Which David Almodovar, our good friend, and that whole BYU sports marketing team has a lot to do with. But you want this to be the greatest home field advantage in the Big 12 Conference, and you want people to come and be impressed, but it also is a big part of recruiting. You want those recruits to walk through and go, wow, yes. this compares to any place I've been. Blaine, once Texas and Oklahoma leave, BYU is going to have the biggest seating capacity in the Big 12. And, and let me tell you, like a technology that they're using now, and BYU is adopting all these technologies, they take the, the, the players into the stadium, and they say, we want you to imagine yourself playing in the stadium. You know, one of the best things you can do to a player when you get them on campus is get them in a BYU uniform yeah. and take them over to the stadium and take pictures and do those kinds of things. But you get them in there and you put a pair of virtual reality glasses on them <laughs> and you say, with the loudspeaker going, this was the Arizona State game last, you know, um, the night game where, where Tyler punched the ball oh out two gosh. seasons ago. This was Utah, and this is what it sounded like. And you let them look around with virtual reality glasses on, and you talk to them about imagining themselves being on that field oh, and playing in this environment. And then they get goosebumps, and then they go, yeah, this, this feels real. Those are just some of the things you have to do. But you know what? That technology, all of the coordination, all of the things we're talking about takes resources. And BYU has more resources now. I think 1A and 1B, recruiting, and part of, as part of recruiting facilities, sure. are the two things that you've got to big time improve. Okay, I want to add a couple of things to your 1A and 1B. We'll stay with the stadium right now because Chad Lewis joined us on BYU Sports Nation last week, and he alluded to the same things that you were discussing with Tom Homo. Listen to this from Chad Lewis. But when the Big 12 came to look at our stadium, they're like, mm, that's a cute stadium. You know, it's like, <laughs> got a real 70s feel. We see size and think it's good, but it's really about quality of the facility. Well, we so, have a lot of size, but we have yeah. extremely limited hosting ability. Mm -hmm. we, we have so much to do to that stadium in particular, not even addressing other places, that we have our hands full. We have a very good idea of what we need to do that will be rolled out, you know, through the years. I, I love how Frank goes. That's, that's a cute stadium. That's, cute. that's straight out of the seventies. Hey, when we went to when we went to Nebraska, like and, and I've been in most of the big stadiums in the country throughout my broadcasting career, but we went to do a pregame postgame show um, from the field at Nebraska, and that's a that's a historic place, and it's an older stadium. Yes, but but it's been upgraded all over the place, and when you walk in there, it's a big time environment. And Nebraska's not even been good in recent years. But man, if I'm a recruit and I'm walking in there, I was a visiting fan slash media. Yeah. I, Dave McCann and I just kept saying, wow, this place is awesome. That's what you want people to, because you can blend the historic nature of what you've got. So you can take advantage of all the history that's happened in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Um, but you can also have second to none world-class facilities yes. everything from hosting to restrooms to the way the way fans get around and do all of that all of that Blaine they, they could remove the bench seating think about that it yeah. would cost a lot of money there's a there are a lot of seats in there okay a yeah. lot of bench seats in there they could remove all those and have individualized seats be a lot of money but it would look incredible hey right? if money is no object let's and I know we just built those little uh what are those things in between the 
the end zones in the. Oh yeah, the connectors. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I. We just spent, you know, BYU just spent a lot of money to make those little hosting areas. But heck, fill in the corners and go all chair seats. And make it a complete bowl. Can you imagine the sound? It's already one of the loudest stadiums. Here's what's funny: you get Sione Pua, who came down from Utah, um, Jay Hill, who coached at Utah and, and at Weber State. You get these coaches that were at Utah, and you say, "What's the loudest stadium?" And they go, "Ah, uh, pretty much BYU." When we played there. And that's it. That's impressive, right? So now close those end zones, or close those corners oh, in, man. and contain that sound. Make it all chairs. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just spending millions of bucks oh, here, right? Yes, that's that's so much. But it's easy for us to be like, yeah, it's, let's it's, just do this. What is it? What let's is it? just do this. Fifty mil, a hundred yeah, mil, you, whatever. You, you've got to prioritize. But that's the vision that we have for this program over time: is that the facilities are the best in the yes. league as well, and that helps your recruiting. And when you get, you get players. You have success on the field. Okay, I want to add one last thing to your 1A on the recruiting. I have this vision in my mind, Blaine, of coaches walking into a room to have a recruiting meeting with a personnel staff of multi, like five to ten people that are hired just to research potential recruits. And these staff, these personnel handing the coaches like a one-sheet of everything that is specific to said player. Down to the, his favorite cereal is Fruit Loops. He typically wakes up at 8.30 in the morning. His favorite type of car is this. His hobbies outside of football include this and this and this and this. This is his nickname. This is how he got his nickname. Yes. Like, I'm talking about those type of details. I have this dream that the coaches, and to the, to the credit of the coaches, Jay Hill and those guys, like they have... They do a lot of this on their own. How cool would it be to have enough personnel and staff, and it takes money to hire those positions, to, to organize all this information, just be like, okay, Coach Hill, we're hosting these eight recruits today. Here are the There's eight everything one, you need the to know. eight one sheets. This is this includes anything and everything you could possibly hope to know about this player, so that you can really, really come at them with a prepared backdrop. Yep, I like, love it. That would that to me is is kind of where I'm like, this is where BYU can get better. That goes, hey, goes right along. I'm telling you, we're on the same page on this because recruiting is paramount to success. Kalani Satake said several times, recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. Yes. He's not going away from I it. Lo I love it. So, hey, let's, let's move on to this, this other item of interest okay. that kind of came over the week, uh, over this weekend. CBS sports writer, um, Shihan, I'm, and I'm gonna, you're going to help me with this. Okay. Jayaraja. Perfect. What, did I get it? Yes. Jayaraja. Shehan Jayaraja. Okay. Yes. He wrote an article detailing the best and worst case scenarios for each of the four new Big 12 teams first year in the conference. Okay. Um, so he wrote for BYU's best case scenario. Okay, I like this. Okay. I like this. If BYU can come out strong, it could be looking at a 5-0 start heading Ooh, into a tough trio Texas five case. 5-0, you're top 15 in the country. Right. And that would also include a win at Arkansas. Yes. Right. So, and, and then, then he says... If BYU threads the needle, it has an outside shot at the Big 12 championship Now game, we're talking, Sheehan. Heading into the final two weeks against the Oklahoma schools. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm with you, Sheehan. Okay. So as for the worst case scenario. Do we need to go here? Do yeah. we even need to As adjust? for the worst case, this is, this is what he says. If BYU gets blown out by Arkansas in week three, the lack of confidence continues into winnable games against Kansas and Cincinnati, leaving BYU at risk of getting blanked in oh, Big 12 play. stop it! Except a win against Iowa State or Cincinnati at least, but the path could be treacherous. Expect a win against Iowa State or Cincinnati at least? Like, what? Yeah. So, so <laughs> I was just like, wow. 
Um, and this is this is what he says. The depth component will be the biggest question mark for the Cougars. Okay. Playing 10 losable games <laughs> is a huge step up from the four or five of the previous seasons. The floor is much lower. Which that that's a valid point, right? In past seasons, although I do say that um, BYU in the last couple of seasons, it hasn't been four or five seven P5, games. five yeah, P5. It's been it like has, seven or eight. Right. But there have been seasons, if you go back four, five, six years ago, where you go, oh, man, that they, you know, there, there's only like four losable games on this schedule. Not the last couple of years in Independence. Last couple of years, sure. I felt like there was eight losable games two seasons ago, and there was nine losable games. Like, it's it's changed. Yeah, and, sure. and for that reason, I think it's it's – um, it's a little bit different than he describes there. So what are your – this is my question now. After all of that setup, that's a lot of setup, right? <laughs> what are your your realistic best and worst-case scenarios for this first season in the Big 12 for football? Okay, well, Shayon gave us the uh, – could be in the Big 12 championship game. Also, they could go winless in the Big 12. So he's uh, – Could you say that for any team in the country? Like, <laughs> he's covered I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate the article, and he had a lot of good research in the article. We both read it. Hey. But that's a big spread. The key word here is realistic. Okay. Realistic best and worst-case scenarios. The realistic best-case scenario – and I'm going to focus specifically on Big 12 play. Okay. Nine Big 12 games that BYU has slated right now. I feel like – BYU has enough talent and depth right now, you know, assuming health, and we will until it's not there. But with health and depth and the coaching staff changes, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, I feel like BYU has enough that their best-case scenario, realistically speaking, is 6-3 and three in the Big 12. That'd be great. 6-3 and three would be incredible because then you couple that with whatever BYU puts together in the non-con, they're going to win at least two. You beat Arkansas, Blaine. Yeah. You're now nine and three, and you're nationally ranked, and you're playing in a nice bowl game with ties to the Big 12. Okay, that to me feels realistic. Best case, six and three in the Big 12. Worst case scenario, I do not see any way that BYU does not win at least three Big 12 games. Okay, that would be the worst case scenario in the Big 12, which would mean that you have to win three non-conference games. That would include Arkansas, right, on the road. Yes. And couple that with three Big 12 wins to get to six and just get to, to get bowl to eligibility. Bowl. That's scary. So, like, if you don't do that, now you're five and seven and you're missing out on a bowl game. That, that's probably the realistic worst-case scenario, but it's like a three-game swing. You're, you're saying, like, if I add up your numbers, what you're saying is worst-case scenario is five and seven overall. Yes, yes. Best-case scenario is nine and three overall. Yeah, yeah. And it probably there's probably a regression to the mean there where, where I'm thinking, like, it's most likely going to be eight and five or six and six. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and hey, you and I, we, we, everybody knows this. You and I are more on the same page than you and Jerem ever, <laughs> ever were. Right? Truth. So, Truer words were never yeah, spoken. So, <laughs> so um, my best case scenario would be BYU starts five and zero, oh, as 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 was mentioned oh, in the article. You'd be top fifteen. Well, and here's the thing: I, I just feel like Arkansas is the you know a tough thing there on the road, but I feel like BYU is so different on defense that. It's, it's going to take some time to adjust. And I don't think they have to show everything in Sam yeah. Houston and SUU games. So I think Arkansas is going to get some blitz packages and some things on defense they have not seen. Yeah, BYU is not going to give up 52 they're, they're, to Arkansas. They're going to be so much more disruptive. And I think BYU is just going to be good enough on offense to move the ball. And, and that is a winnable game on the road. Now, that's a huge win if they get it on the road. That's my best case scenario. Okay. My worst is that BYU starts – Three and two. Okay. So to me, the first five games determine everything. It determines whether, like you, 
they go five and nine, you know, they go they 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 go five and seven uh-huh. on the season, um, or they go win. I think eight would be a phenomenal win total. It would. My my over under Vegas is five point five, mine's seven. Yeah. I have a little more insight into the transfers that left and the ones that came in and all that kind of stuff and how they're going to impact. I've studied every team like everybody does that they're going to play. I have a little more confidence than Vegas. I think seven is the over-under for BYU this year, not 5.5. Wow, okay. I, yeah, if you, like, I had a, fr- a fan ask me the other day, Spencer, right now, what's BYU's record to be in 2023? What's it going to be right now, right now? Seven and five. I'd take seven and five. Seven and five. Yep, and I think and I think that that's realistic. Could they get hot and go five and zero, oh, and then 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 nine's not crazy, eight's doable, but I think seven is fair. Okay, those are our realistic best and worst case scenarios for BYU football. We both have five as the worst. Yes, wins. I, Blaine, and we both I have nine not, as the best. I do not see how this much talent and this staff could produce anything worse than at least five wins. I, I'm with you. Okay. If it's worse than that, you, you things have you, gone you, terribly wrong. Everybody heard it here. Five is the worst. It, it could not <laughs> possibly be worse than that. Not with this much talent and this staff. No way. Our question of the day, what do you think? Again, you've heard what we, we say. Your realistic best and worst case scenarios for BYU football's first year in the Big 12. John Spears on Twitter answers, Worst case feels like okay, John. five and You're seven. With us, brother. With a couple of great wins and several horrible ones, terrible <laughs> losses. Best case feels like nine and four with a bowl game win. Including that, yeah. Okay. And late season contention for the Big 12 title game. Okay, John, that's if you're six and three, I don't know if you're gonna be in contention for a Big 12 title game. But it is fun to think about. It's yeah. fun to think about. Hey, you gotta get hot. You Start gotta five stay. and oh. You get hot and you stay healthy. Yes. And then everything's different. Blaine, if you start 5-0, and oh, BYU is going to be – If you start be... slow and you have a bunch of injuries, it doesn't matter no. who you are unless you're Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, that's it. So. You, can hear it you can hear it now. The early season darling in the Big yeah. 12. First year in the power. BYU is 5-0, and oh, the top so 15. Fun. Well, well, hey, BYU Sports Nation will hit the road to Dallas for Big 12 Media Days. We'll have you covered with interviews with Kalani Sataki, Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, a number of the other head coaches and players from other Big 12 teams. Make sure to watch on July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Starts at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. From Jerry's World in Dallas. Up next, Bronson Kafusi is in Studio B. How is he feeling now that BYU is officially in the Big 12? What did he observe in that crazy weekend over July 1st and his best and worst case scenarios? Not to mention recruiting. What does he care about if he's a recruit? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Teamed up once again with Blaine Fowler. I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome in former BYU and NFL defensive lineman Bronson Kafutsi. Once again with us in the Cougar Council Room as part of Studio B. Bronson, a happy belated 4th of July. How are the celebrations? Oh, the best. little Provo Parade, fireworks, all the good stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, well, you're the mayor's son. Like, 
you get special treatment within at least the Provo city limits, right? Yeah, do you get special seats and stuff like that for everything? You have to, right? I just go wherever my mom tells me to go. <laughs> beer, do that. Okay. You know what? That, even when your mom's not the mayor, is that probably not words to live by? No, no, that's true. Just go where mom tells you <laughs> yeah. to go is probably good advice for everybody that's out there, I would say. Right? Oh, great stuff, man. And a shout out to your mom, Mayor Kafusi, getting yes. it done in Provo City. Always. All right, on to less important things. You know, a mom in the city, number number one for you for sure. But Hey, BYU is officially in the Big 12 now. So it wasn't just a 4th of July celebration recently. It was on July 1st, BYU getting into the Big 12 celebration. What were your observations of that whole process? It's been a long time coming. <laughs> and I'm just really excited. I feel like it's good energy. I feel like every, all the fans, everyone is just so happy that that <laughs> happened. And as a player, I know a lot of the players are excited. All the coaches are a lot of good energy surrounding it. Yeah, as, as a former player, what did it mean to you like to, to realize that moment, like it's finally happening? I, I don't know, for me personally, I felt like, oh man, I kind of took, you know, took part in that story you know, along the line there. And so I'm just excited because, okay, now we get to go and share our brand of football, who we are, what we do, you know, what we represent, and now we get to go on an even bigger stage. So it's going to be awesome. You know, we, we've talked a lot leading up to this because we've known about it for a while. Yeah. But, but now all of a sudden it feels real and it feels eminent. And it feels like, hey, wait, the next thing is the opening of camp, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so it is real now. And as you think about the reality of the schedule being out and all that, in your mind, what's the best case scenario for BYU in football this fall? Man, that's a really good question. Because I was looking at my phone I was like, wow, we're like 60 days away from game one. (laughs) This is crazy. Yeah, camp's here. Like, holy cow. Um, So best case scenario in my mind is we go out and we earn that respect game to game. And I feel like we can go and and be over 500. Okay. Easy. Okay. In my mind. So like a realistic best case scenario, you're looking at like, Seven and five, eight and four ish. Is that is that what we're, if we're putting numbers to it in the win loss category? Could it be a little bit better than that? What, like it was yeah, I, I think a little bit better. What are you saying? He's saying over like so. Fi- if they're over five hundred in league, they're five and four, right? That and if you win all three non conference games, yeah, then you're eight. eight yeah. Then you're eight and four. Then you're eight. Let's go with let's if, go with eight. Let's go so with eight. Realistic best case, eight wins. Let's go with eight. Okay. And you'd be okay with eight? Yeah, I, I feel like that would be really good. Um, just coming into new territory, new land. You're over there trying to figure out the lay of the land, the teams, and like, what strengths do we have that really play well against these teams? Yeah. There is a certain brand of football that comes with the Big 12. So it's like, okay, well, how do we week in, week out, you know, really yeah. scheme it up and put, you know, get our strengths working for us? Now, we're asking the best case, worst case scenario question today based on an article that was released by CBS Sports. And so I almost don't like asking, like, okay, what's the realistic worst case scenario for BYU? But we're trying to be fair to the situation. And in the CBS Sports article, it covered the whole spectrum. It said BYU could go winless in the Big 12. Also, they could win the Big 12 championship. And we were like, what? Yeah, that's anybody. That's- <laughs> hey, way to go on a limb, dude. Right? Okay. So we gave our worst and best case scenarios, realistically speaking. Yeah. Like, what, what would be a, a worst case scenario that you feel like could actually happen if BYU is not careful? 
That's a really good question. It's interesting that they went so polar with that, with that situation there. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking we just don't get the opportunity to go to a bowl game. Okay. Because that's always been my mind when I go into college football is at the worst, you don't get to go to a bowl game. Yes. Like the very worst. Like, so let's win five. So... So worse is five. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of in line with what, we've been, sure. what we've been talking about. We're, we're all kind of thinking on the same page. You know, there was a lot of talk this weekend um, from multiple sources. Tom Homo was one that just said, hey, now that we're in the Big 12 and this new revenue is coming in, there's some things we need to do with this, with this revenue, upgrades we need to make. Um, what, what do you think are the pressing things that BYU needs to address to be able to compete in the Big 12, not just in football, but across the board? A big, big thing I know with recruiting and the other Big 12 schools are these expansion announcements. So these facilities are getting upgraded. You know, you have different things from the weight room. I know we did our locker room here at BYU, which is awesome. Um, but there's so many different things that you can add to your facilities that when recruits come, because they're gonna be comparing. Yes. The moment they step yes. on campus, they start comparing. Oh yeah, this, this, this. So it's like, okay, we gotta let them know we're a player. Like we we can play with anyone, and uh, you can compare us to anyone because we know we can stand up to them. And at any level too, as far as facilities, locker room, weight room, uh, then like the different things as far as uh, you know training goes. All those little little things that come, like oh, you get like your smoothie built for you here. You get a personal <laughs> one, you know, like in the NFL, right? So it's you know trying to make it, you know, trying to make it so recruits feel yeah. that wow, they're they're about it here. Okay, you know? so yeah, the big time, like the glitz and glamour and the shiny and the fancy and the new, it matters. <laughs> thanks right? to social media. It, <laughs> yes, yes, thanks to social media, it matters now. So. Put your shoes or put yourself in the shoes of a recruit right now, Bronson. Mm -hmm. Like specify a facility or something in your facilities tour that would resonate with you. Like what are we talking about? Like would the weight room be like at the top of the list? Would the locker room be at the top of the list? Like what do you care most about in all of those facilities? I would really, really care about where I spend most of my time as an athlete. So for me, it's the locker room. Okay. Right? Um, it's the weight room, it's the meeting rooms, it's also, you know, the, the education tech aspect of football. Because football, you know, as we all know, there's so much, like so, so much time that goes into studying. Yes. So it's like, okay, how do they get the edge on people? Because everything's about getting the edge. So in, in all those areas, it's like, okay, recovery, right, the training room huge you spend hours in there um and so all those things kind of put together are really like what i would okay i would expect you know the things that impact you every single day every day so it's interesting because the stadium impacts the fans tom homo talked about that a little bit but the stadium itself as long as there's you're never 65, there 65,000 <laughs> fans and they're watching you're good with that yeah yeah you hear the roar no matter what inter interesting take and I'm not going to make you get into detail on this, but I know you keep track of basketball. You guys are a big basketball family as well. Is, is BYU going to be able to compete in the Big 12 in basketball? And if not right away, how, how long is this going to take for BYU to adjust to Big 12 basketball, the best league in the country? Now, basketball is a different animal, right? Because, and I, I know this is from going from football to basketball, um, but... 
with anything in college sports, there's a big recruiting swing that happens. I mean, you see it when teams join any conference. And so uh, for me, I, I'm thinking, okay, we get that going, then, I mean, those wins start coming. And basketball is unique because there's less people on yes. the court. Yeah. So actually it takes less moves to get to that you know, level. And so with football, there's a lot more people out there, way more, you know, and, and so it's, it's a different mixture over here. But with basketball, it's like, oh, if we get like these two guys, they're taking most of the minutes and they're doing really well and they kind of carry like the whole team, it can, it can move really fast. An impact transfer yeah, can make it, a massive, it's, it's just, massive it's, difference. We haven't really talked about that much, and I'm glad that Bronson brings that up because it is a quicker turnaround. The, I think the gap is bigger, but the turnaround can be quicker because if you have two superstars, you have two NBA guys and three guys that are just are role players, you're okay, right? So that's but a great Blaine, point. Look at a, a team from the Big 12 like Kansas State last year. Right. Okay? Team that got to the Elite Eight. Like, they were picked to finish last in the conference, and they got impact transfers immediately, and all of a sudden you're in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Like, it just it can happen fast. Great, great stuff from Bronson Kafusi. Thanks for coming in, brother. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it, Bronson. Hey, this Friday, join us for BYU Football Great Moments as told by Players, Volume 2. It's players, uh, including Max Hall's heroic, uh, heroics against Utah. I love Max Hall's <laughs> against Utah. And I also like his smack talk. Ty Detmer, Luke Staley, and more Friday noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Remind me, does Max like Utah? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I, I love his smack talk against Utah. <laughs> Who is BYU's most underrated defensive player? We'll tell you our picks next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Am I missing any? I think you got them all. That's, that's multi-platform is what we are. Yeah, a Be Real? Like, is it, do we have a Be Real? I don't know. What, so, I don't know. That, that's enough. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Do you TikTok. have a TikTok account? No, I'm afraid. What, Blaine? If listen, you're extremely musically gifted. Like I should you, get one. You should get a TikTok and just like Will focus you on your family. Movie? Show off your family and their musical talents. Okay. It's, it's on. I'm Yourself it. included. I'm gonna do it. Let's go. <laughs> Call it Fowler Magic or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> we'll do it. Showcase the music. Yes, I'm Spencer. He is Blaine. Let's get to today's headlines. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Blaine, start us off with a little volleyball. Yeah, let's start with Trent Moser. He's been added to the official travel roster for the 2023 FIVB Men's U21 World Championship. Let's go, Trent. How about that? Take, there's taking place in Mon, Monoma, Bahrain. Yes. Uh, from July 7th through the 16th, the U.S. will have their first game in the men's tournament, U21 championships against Argentina Friday at two. How about representing BYU? Trent Moser, right out of kind of nowhere, big time player yes. for BYU, was just a freshman last year doing great things on the world stage. Outstanding. My introduction to Bahrain was in the Asia games when I was a missionary in South Korea and I watched South Korea's national soccer team beat up on Bahrain. Wow. Yeah, at a World Cup stadium. On to baseball, Daniel Schneeman. What else can we say about the dude that we haven't already said over the past two months? He is red hot 
within the Cleveland Guardians farm system. Four for four on Monday night with the Columbus Clippers, triple-A ball, and a loss to the Toledo Mudheads, but who cares? He was four for four. He had two hits and two runs batted in last night and went over the Nashville Sounds as well. He continues to lead the Guardians' entire farm system in batting average. He's hit more home runs this season than he has in any previous season, and we're only in early July. Blaine, he's getting it done. And Jackson Clough in double-A ball scored a run, stole a base, and was walked twice for the Harrisburg Senators in their loss to the Akron Rubber Ducks. Awesome stuff. I love the name. So, <laughs> hey, former BYU grad Rashawn Brodus will join the Toronto Raptors coaching staff as an assistant video coordinator, player development coach. Brodus played for BYU from 2005 to 2007. Previously was with the Memphis Grizzlies in the same role. Hey, that, that's a great starting point. Eric Spolstra started yeah. there. If, yeah, the head coach of the Miami Heat. Eric Absolutely. Spolstra started it's in okay that to start very there. role. That's for sure. Those are today's headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's start with this. Micah Harper is the fifth highest graded returning safety in the Big 12, according to Pro Football Focus. Ooh. Is he BYU's most underrated defensive player? Blaine, he might be. He might be. Like, and, and this is a credit to Micah because he just kind of quietly goes about his business until all of a sudden he lowers the boom. And then you're like, oh yeah, BYU has that guy. Uh, Mike is not super outspoken. If I'm not giving it to him, I'm probably giving it to one of his best friends, Jacob Robinson. Amen to Jacob Robinson. It's either Micah or Jacob as BYU's most underrated, underappreciated defensive player. 100% with you, and Micah's going to get a lot more action in the box because he'll play him up on the line of scrimmage in this blitz defense yes. and get him hitting even more. But I am with you. Jacob Robinson is right there. Those two deserve more credit. Yes. Five defensive backs on the field is going to happen a lot. Yes, it is. They'll move around, but there are going to be five defensive backs on the field. San Diego State has now claimed they never left the Mountain West. But the Mountain West Conference is insisting the Aztecs still owe the $17 million exit fee. <laughs> is, is this the end of San Diego State to the Big 12 or the Pac-12 for that matter? First of all, my simple answer is no, it's not the end of that. I think there's still ongoing discussions because I think San Diego State is the most attractive yes, non-P5 left. If you want to get on the West Coast yeah. and a team that's like more available than depending on what happens with the Pac-12, they're the team, right? Right. So I, I do not think it's the end of the discussions with either entity, the Pac-12 or the Big 12. I would love, for personal reasons, because I'm close to a lot of the folks in the program, to see San Diego State in the Big 12. I love the, I love the rivalry with BYU. Bring, get him in the Big 12. Bring, give me San Diego State and Colorado right now, Blaine. Okay, I'm with you. Give so. me whatever. Joey Chestnut. Everybody knows that name. It's a household name. He's a dynasty He's all in of himself. Goat of hot dog eating. He won his 16th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest Championship yesterday. He ate 62 hot dogs in 10 <laughs> minutes. 62. They, they put water on him stuff to make yeah, him go down a little easier. How? If you could eat 62 hot dogs in exchange, <laughs> For one win on BYU's schedule, which game would you pick? Oh, probably Arkansas. Okay. okay, yeah. One because, you know, pork, pork dogs, Razorbacks. I get it. I get the okay. tie. So I get tie the there. tie. But if BYU Sweet. starts. Yes. If BYU starts 3-0, Blaine, our jobs are going to get very, very fun. So it changes the game. As the Cougars go into Big 12 play. If you're 3-0, you're probably in the top 25, just like barely sneak in or you're just outside. 
and then you, you open Big 12 play, you beat Kansas, you're 4-0, and then you get to the best case scenario you presented in the A block, which is 5-0. Yep. You gotta beat Arkansas. I, I would, yeah. You traded for that. Hot dog team for Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas. I kinda want Texas on the road just to send them off with one more loss. <laughs> To be for, to forever to be emblazoned to, to in the continue the dominance of, against but Texas. But I would take Arkansas, too. So. Beating Texas would be pretty sweet. Yeah. All right, Blaine, which was the better firework display? BYU's Big 12 celebration when the clock struck midnight from June 30th to July 1st, or your lack of 4th of July fireworks because you didn't go see them last night? Well, because my thing was neighborhood of fire. So it's, <laughs> it's very easy for me. I did neighborhood of fire for the 4th. But... So I'm going to go with the BYU Big 12 celebration. Yes. And, yes. and because the fans turned out and the energy level was off the show. Look at this stuff. That's incredible. Come on, you can't beat that stuff. BYU's fan base and The Rock are second to none. I'm taking The Rock and BYU's fans. Yeah, the wise lighting up, fireworks it being exploded off in the distance off of Helam and Fields. Yes. Like, that was, that was nuts. That was epic. And, and it, you know what? I'm just... just Neighborhood of Fire just didn't stand up. <laughs> just didn't stand up. Neighborhood of Fire. <laughs> oh, that would be the title of the show today if we still did. Yes, Neighborhood, neighborhood of Fire. <laughs> yes. Up next, we hear more from you about your realistic best and worst case scenarios for VOE football in year one of Big 12 play. Do, are, do you think they're going to go to the championship game? Could happen, right? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Happy post 4th of July, everyone. This has been an amazing July 5th show. Yes, really fun. Yeah, our, our fireworks have, to continued, <laughs> have, have continued into this show. Our question of the day, this is a firework of a question, if you right. will. Based on a CBS Sports article, which said BYU could win in, the league in one reality, play the championship, play in the Big 12 championship game, and in Oregon skunked. <laughs> another in another reality, they could win zero Big 12 games. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about TCU? You know what? I think the range is they might not win a game, or they might win them all. <laughs> they might go wow. to the national championship or anything or in between. Last. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but. <laughs> Best so. and worst case scenarios are on topic. Ben Peterson on Twitter, in response to our question of asking, well, what are your realistic, realistic best and worst case scenarios? He said, I think the best case is that all the new parts come together. 20 transfer portal players, Blake. 20. Yeah. yeah. And they make the conference championship game. Whew. Worst case is BYU is overwhelmed and win one to two conference games. I think it'll be in the middle of these two scenarios. Blaine, I just, I do not see any scenario with this talent, depth, staff, where they don't win at least three conference games. I, I just can't, I can't fathom that, that they win fewer than three Big 12 games this season. Well, and a bunch of teams are coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium that haven't played in Provo before at elevation in that environment. They're going to have a little bit of a rude awakening. I have confidence in BYU at home. Yes. And so, so I feel like... I think they're like going to go at worst 5-1 that, 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 That's home. why I've said seven wins is my kind of watershed, you know, over-under. Because I feel like they're going to be really... I think 5-1 and one at home is very realistic. That's not crazy. 5-1, it absolutely could happen. With, with maybe they're only lost being Oklahoma. I don't know, though. Oklahoma or Texas Tech interchange them, right? Um, and, and who knows? But I don't, I don't think they lose both of those games at home. 
And so there you go. Okay. I, I just feel like they're five and one at home. I mean, even if they do, Blaine, even if BYU loses two games at home, four and two, okay? I think that's the worst case scenario, realistically speaking, home schedule. Right. Four and two. I agree with you. Four and two. They're not losing to Cincinnati. That stadium is going to be absolutely juiced yes, it will. on that Friday night against yep. a team that lost a ton and is dealing with new coaching staff and all. They're, they're yep. trying to figure some things out, okay? Yep. Yep. The BYU is going to beat Iowa State. And they're going to win the first two games as well. There are your four there you wins go. right there. Yeah. And that's, that's if they lose to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Yeah. Then go and win at West Virginia. The, the, I'm beat telling you, Kansas. This, this league is going to find out how good BYU's home field advantage is. And it, and it, is, yes. it is significant. So, hey, Cougar Stats on Twitter says, realistic, in quotes, is a pretty vague term. Yeah, really it is. But four to eight wins for the regular season seems to be the okay. range. You and I are saying five, five, to, five, five to nine. Five to nine, right? Yes. ESPN FPI gives an 84% probability that the win total falls within this range. Four so to I eight. Like, I like, hey, Cougar stats, that's, I like analytics. There you go. Okay. So. But, yeah, we're, we're not far off. Five to nine. Like, five is the low yeah. for us. Nine would be, like, the best. Yeah. Anonymous Anonymizer on Twitter. Says before the 1996 BYU season, the coaching staff was very motivated and brought in a junior college quarterback, Steve Sarkeesian, right, and secondary players, Tim McTyre and Omar Morgan. Mm-hmm. They also had a new premier offensive tackle and new running backs. I'm not predicting 1996 esque results because again, it's not playing in the whack. But they said this offseason does remind me of 1996 a little bit. That's a that's a nice reminder because that was a reminder of a very nice season. So a cool 14 and one and a number five national ranking and a cotton bowl win. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX healthcare elevated comes from David Stubbs on Instagram, who says best case eight and four worst case six and six. So he's not even going to a losing record at all. You know what? I don't, David, I get it. You don't want to take your mind there and we're okay with that. He's not even going to take his mind to not go into a bowl game. Okay. David, we're with you on Just that Just get one. to a bowl six game. Six and six is the worst. Eight and four is the best. He gives us a little narrower range. He's willing to stick his neck out and give us a narrower range. I like it. So. <laughs> He's not the Big 12 championship or right. you could win none. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, we appreciate all of your comments. If you missed any interviews, uh, Deep Blues, shows, or games, you can find them on BYUSN.com. Always available there. Or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. That BYU TV app is awesome. I mean, you can go back and watch all kinds of great stuff from as far back as you want to go. So if you want to be connected, get that BYU TV app or go to BYUSN.com. Today's Rise and Shout Out up next, and it goes to an elite usage of one of the all-time great shows, Seinfeld. I feel like you should read this next sentence in Jerry Seinfeld voice. This is BYU Sports Nation! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review it. Um, it's all out there for you. Our question of the day, based on a recent CBS Sports article, what are your realistic best and worst case scenarios for BYU football's first year in the Big 12? Where, where are you going to that spectrum? And uh, I apologize if I say this wonderful human being and incredible BYU fan's name wrong. John Majet on Instagram says, you had to put that word realistic in there. With that caveat in mind, 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, he puts it in quotes, realistic. I think the best case scenario is a three-loss season, 9-3, and three, which is exactly yeah. what I said. There you go. Okay. Best, best case. BYU can feasibly beat any team on the schedule, but not all of them. Worst case, BYU seriously chokes early and loses momentum, winning only four or five gimme games. I'm playing. There There's are, not five gimmies. There are two. There's not four gimmies. Southern Utah and Sam Houston. There are two. Are the two games that this – BYU should be so physically dominating up front in those two games there shouldn't be a chance. Yeah. Right? Outside of that, who on this schedule is a gimme? There are two. Sam yeah, Houston I mean, you, and Southern here, here, Here's the FPI predictions, right, the win, win, win projections, and it's just like there's – there's not gimme games. I don't agree with it. They only have a 20% chance to win at Arkansas. Oh, Blaine, Blaine according to this ESPN FBI, BYU is a home dog to Iowa State. Get out of here with that nonsense. I know yeah. it's an analytic, but, yeah. like, the analytics are wrong here. Well, let me tell you something else. Oklahoma at home, 18%. 18%? They're, they're not given enough credit in the yeah. FBI. I mean, I don't feel like the FBI is on the same level as what, – what's the money ball? Jonah um, – Oh, Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill. They're yeah. not quite as good at analytics as Jonah Hill is in yeah, Moneyball. Yeah. They're just, there's just a little something. To Give me the SP plus from Bill Connolly. That's my favorite metric yep. in all of this. Yep. Um, so. I know, again, it's, not, it's an analytic. It's, it, they just plug in numbers and then they punch out those percentages. I just yep. think a few of those are just way too low. Yeah, way no, too I low. agree. Hey, Clint Bergstrom on Twitter says, uh, I'm swinging for the fences. Do nine, it, Clint. Nine plus. Do it. He threw it out there. Hey, you know what? Better to be positive and just be happy for a long time and be sorely disappointed. I even know. For just a short period of time. Blaine, just give me a three and I'll start and like I'll watch watch the blue goggles just come out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Where's the blue goggles? We don't have them here anymore. We need our holsters so, here. Okay. Wow. That's that's hey, I like it. Nine plus. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, goes to uh, he's a great man on social media. Huge BYU fan. Hunter Miller for his Costanza rant. Comparing that to San Diego State and the Mountain West and that debacle and that episode of Seinfeld. It went national. It Perfect. was so funny. If you, if you haven't, haven't seen, seen it, it yeah. yeah, go. It's on Twitter. You it won't take you it. long to find it. Both Blaine and I have retweeted it. It's hilarious. Doug Gottlieb retweeted it. Oh, Fantastic. so funny. All right, thanks to today's guest, former BYU and NFL defensive lineman Bronson Kafusi. Hey, and sorry to Dennis Pitta again. We ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. For Blaine, I'm Spencer. Another shout-out to Adam Haysbert. See you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs.